Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans and best friends, and each week we watch and discuss an episode of Call the Midwife. This week we are discussing the series six slash seven Christmas special. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with death and dying, childhood trauma, domestic violence, birth trauma, and stillbirth. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. It's Christmas in Poplar and everyone is celebrating. The Turners enjoy their first Christmas with Teddy. Barbara and Tom are celebrating as newlyweds and Trixie and Christopher have planned a ski vacation to Switzerland. Things go awry, however, when a huge snowstorm hits and all of London is shut down. Nanata's house gathers its supplies and sets up shop in a local pub and Sheila comes out of her maternity leave early to help Dr. Turner in the clinic. Dr. Turner treats Percival Tillerson for a leg burn and a few days into the snowstorm his body is discovered on a side street. Dr. Turner determines he lost his way and froze to death. When Sister Julianne goes to his home to check on his wife she finds out Percival was a chronic abuser and Mabel lost both her children due to his terrible treatment. Sister Julianne finds Mabel's daughter and despite a painful history the two women are able to reconcile. Meanwhile Valerie meets expectant mother Linda Odenshaw and finds out Selwyn her partner is not the baby's father. Valerie helps Linda deliver but at first she thinks the baby is stillborn. Selwyn gives the baby a hot water bottle, and as Valerie is carrying him back to Nanatis, she hears a cry. The baby is alive and well, and Linda gives him Selwyn's middle name, John. Lastly, Tom is faced with a big decision, and he and Barbara make the choice to leave Poplar for six months, and they catch the train just as the children are performing the annual Christmas show in the community center. I hope that synopsis did its work, girls, because my gosh, this episode was jam-packed. I just was, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed by this. Because I really did, there were great things about it. This but, is one of Becky's favourites. She's been talking yeah, about it for weeks. Favorite. 
Yeah, but do you not know think it had a lot to live up to? The finale of the series before was Tom and Barbara's wedding. I feel like they missed a trick not having a big, lovely Christmas wedding for the Christmas episode. Well, but... I think, and when we went to that talk that Heidi Thomas did, she said that each, because they have a Christmas special each year, it has to kind of track major events in that year and yeah. the 1962 big freeze I, I don't think they could have done anything but fair enough no it's fair enough because I did check up on the big freeze as well actually and mm-hmm. it was factually correct as we know Heidi Thomas is so fastidious about so mm. and also look at me getting fastidious in this early mm-hmm. she is nothing if not a true historian Along with being an amazing writer and everything else. And Jenny Agatha actually published an article in the Times that accompanied this episode, which talks about her recollections of the big freeze. She remembered it? Yeah. You know what? I'll find it and I'll post that on our social media for when we release this. Oh, I'd love to look at that. I would really love to look at that. Well, you will do. You'll just look at our social media. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, girls, I'll tell you what, though. This episode was as heavy as they come, but I'm not kidding when I tell you that like I was watching it and... I was absolutely lolling for the first 10 minutes. There were so many good lines and scenes in the first 10 minutes that it like really lifted me up. And then it like absolutely crashed me back down to earth as soon as I realized what happened to Mr. Tillerson and like what was going on with Mabel. But either way, just to say the first few minutes were absolute bliss and I loved it and I would live in that world forever. Yeah, so the start of the episode is very much like, because Christmas is over quite quickly and then we get the big freeze. Violet is fitting Valerie for her pantomime costume and Violet says to Val, you've certainly got the legs for Principal Boy. Was that a compliment? That's what I thought. That's exactly what I've written. I don't know if I'd like to be told if I had the legs for Principal Boy. And then she was like, oh, so she keeps saying about how tall she is. I'm like, you're not even that tall, Val. Yeah, you're right. This is from someone who I am tall, but still. I am tall too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but Valerie is tall-ish in the grand scheme. Yeah, but just-ish. I've never looked at Valerie and thought, "Oh, she's tall." But yeah, I. If anything, I'd say. I'd say Patsy was taller. Yeah, Patsy is tall. But all of a sudden, Patsy and Delia are missing. Where are they? Where'd they go? The 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 Christmas in with Jane. I know, but this but this (laughs) is this is this is the called midwife curse. Like literally, like all of a sudden you're there and then you're just gone. And I know, and I think if I remember correctly, that we don't see them again. And then they get a letter, and it's like, oh, here's like a little whatever update. And then it's like, well, anyway, they're gone. Okay, bye. Like so, they go traveling, don't they? Because they get a postcard and they're in some far flung place, but no one actually said, oh, Patsy and Dida have decided to go traveling together. Yeah. No. They're just all of a sudden like nurses. I'd, I'd like to think so. On neighbors, yes, this is literally so niche, no one's going to care, but I'm telling you anyway. So, <laughs> neighbors, there was a <laughs> character called Marlene Kratz, and she went on a cruise, and that's how they got rid of her, right? But she never came back. So, everyone's just laughing about the fact that she's been on this 16 year <laughs> cruise. Maybe Jane is on that cruise with Marlene Kratz. With Reverend mm-hmm. Appleby Thornton, and now Delia and Patsy have gone to join them. Join them. Yeah. <gasps> oh, you guys, though, listen, I just thought about Reverend Appleby Thornton the other day because my mom and I were watching this show called Archie, and it's basically the story of Cary Grant. It's on, I'm sure yes. it was on BBC. Yeah, it's, I, been, did you it's, watch? it's, it's, no, it's brand new over here. They're advertising oh. everywhere. Oh, okay. So they have it on BritBox that we have. So we watch that show. And it's really good. I'd Like Jason Isaacs oh, is... I've got it on my list. Grant. Yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend. And this isn't really spoiling anything. But he has a crazy life story. Like truly crazy life story. But the guy who plays Cary Grant's manager in that show is Reverend Appleby Thornton. And I haven't seen him since... He's like, so talented. ...a while. He's really good. And like, yeah, he he's did, amazing. He played one of the prime ministers on The Crown. I mean, he's been in 8 million things. He's like one of those yeah. character actors that's just so good and he's everywhere. But I just, we were watching it and I was like, oh my gosh, mom, it's Reverend Appleby Thornton. And I, AKA like, Rat. Back. 
rat I from know. my notes. I know. And I just was like, I love him. Like, I want to... I want to go back to that episode and watch it again. Now, this is a very complicated episode to navigate around. So on that note, Becky, you can can navigate. I don't don't even know where we're going to go first. I do want to talk about the fact that they took a photo as a group with a sign that said Christmas 1962. I know. And it's made me want to do this. I knew you'd want to do that when you saw that. (laughs) I saw that as well. And I thought, I bet Becky wants to do that. I might do it this year. Like everyone was in the photo, they all looked so good. It was really cute. Well, now we've got iPhones and stuff, though. You can see what years stuff was taken and what date. Do you know what I mean? Well, you'll get a photo from me on Christmas Day with a poster. (laughs) Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. (laughs) Let's start by by talking about Trixie and Christopher because they're off skiing in Switzerland. Oh, okay. I have thoughts about this, girls. Have either of you heard the term musquatch? Not from Call the Midwife. No, I, I didn't even hear. I don't even. Yeah, no, I didn't. No, no idea. I've heard it, but I couldn't. So the first time we heard it was when Avril had said that her hat was musquatch. I think my grandma had a coat as well that was. Oh, we didn't, oh. We didn't know what animal it was. A small furry animal, but I suspect it was probably. Well, so anyway, she's now got a musquatch hat. Musquatch yeah. hat. Oh, okay. Only two times in history I've ever heard it be referenced. Both call the midwife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If Trixie had made it to Switzerland, she would have just been so. Surely she would have been so out of place. I don't no. think she would have. No, they've skied all the Apre posh skiers. Apre ski. Because surely all of the outfits that she was taking were so impractical. But they were Apre ski. I don't think she was ever going to get on a slope. Like I don't think honest, she was going to put. Bex, a lot of people I know who are posh who go skiing don't go skiing they just go drinking apres skiing <laughs> yeah i mean i think yeah i think i think like you eat like hot cheese and drink and then at like 4 30 you're absolutely plopsed and then you like go back up to your room or chalet or whatever like that i mean i don't yeah the pubs oh, actually go skiing but here's my question girls okay now this is a throwback to when jenny young jenny was going on a weekend away with yes oh alec and i was watching this episode and i was like oh okay they're at the vacation they're at their like first couple's vacation stage like that's a very important relationship stage and i was like they're going to switzerland no one knows them in switzerland and nothing nothing from switzerland is going to come back to poplar if it doesn't want to so i was like do we think that trixie and christopher are going to share a bedroom no 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 (laughs) i like the way we're both like no we don't have an explanation for you but we both think (laughs) no resolutely i didn't didn't necessarily think so either but at the same time i was like huh i found it weird it was actually accepted that she was going to go with him like it wasn't this big scandal i think actually that would have been a big scandal well they didn't even talk about it at all and like jenny literally had 45 minutes of her episode talking about sleeping arrangements on her vacation and it was like that was only like not even 10 years ago it was like five years ago maybe or less i mean i don't know time-wise or whatever but you know what i'm saying my parents in 1968 or 1969 my my mum came to stay with my dad for the crisp for the holidays they met at university in like the september or whatever and then she came to stay and my grandparents were going to be away they arranged for my my dad's grandma to stay at the house (laughs) as chaperone to like supervise them (laughs) yeah and that was like eight years after that my point being i just really can't see Trixie everyone being fine with Trixie right. going off to Switzerland with a man like a gentleman friend well and I'll say this for Trixie I mean she she makes a, a point not in this part of it but like years earlier of being like oh men may think I'm a certain type of way but like I'm really like a very proper like traditional woman yeah and so I'm, I don't know I didn't think they were going to spend the night either but at the same time I'm like you're gonna book I mean it's just weird because it's hard to imagine thinking about going on a vacation or like a holiday or whatever or some kind of a trip with your boyfriend your real real life boyfriend and like being like well babe book us two rooms you know what I mean? 
Like it just like nowadays, it's just not. To be honest, with my husband's snoring problem, it sounds absolutely blissful. (laughs) You're like, honey, we're booking two rooms. (laughs) I I want a chaste holiday with my spouse. (laughs) I just think that Trixie is very proper. I I think, and she she's made that point that people think she's a certain way, but she's absolutely not. So yeah, Yeah. I took it as she'd been going around saying they've booked two rooms to everyone. Yeah, I think I think. I think Christopher is also like a very like proper respectable guy like I don't I mean I I feel like he might be able to be convinced but I'm just saying like I don't think I think he would be like wanting to do whatever makes her comfortable and genuinely not assuming anything so I mean I don't think he's the kind of guy that would push at all there's some context as well we've just said they go to Switzerland so it's obviously been Christmas there's been this mass we need to talk about Christmas actually we'll talk about that in a second but Mm -hmm. it's been this massive freezing cold spell that was just ridiculous really really cold really really snowy so Mm -hmm. the flight was grounded so they were supposed to go but then couldn't so he had to actually spend the night in an artist's house bless him I know which like really had me like tr- I was again this is part of the lols like I was lolling so hard and did I remind you given... by all the all the all the alcohol they were trying to ply him with and things like that did it remind you of my mum you too <laughs> <laughs> When we go you over to your house, no matter what time of day it is or what the occasion is, she's like, do you want a glass of wine? I'll, I'll get you a glass of wine. Here's a glass of wine. And you're like, it's 1130. And you can have a choice of any sort of wine. Yeah. I know. And you've got loads. And then like before you're even done, she's like, pop up. Honestly, where, do you remember that time we all went to a wedding and then the next day we were all traveling to uh, from Manchester airports. So we all came to stay at mine. All the girls yeah. from uni were going yeah. on this massive holiday, like 10 of us, apart from our one friend who went on a honeymoon. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> We all went. She lost out, honestly. Yeah. It was really a bummer really that she had to be the yeah. one to get married. Yeah. So we all went on holiday to Spain. It was amazing, but we were all flying. And basically, my brother and my dad were taking us all the morning. I and do remember that. We this. were all pretty hungover from the wedding anyway. And we get there. Yeah. And basically, my mum was just there. And Jen, you were absolutely off your face. You were so drunk. <laughs> do you remember and the I'm... photographer taking photos of Jen? And we oh. were like, oh, oh, yeah, oh. you passed out. <laughs> oh, don't talk about it. <laughs> It's a terrible... I'm talking about the day before the flight. So the next morning when we're all getting up at daft o'clock for this flight, we're so hungover because my mum's yeah. just been flying us with alcohol. It was like 10 of us. Well, so wait. So the day after the wedding, we ha- we like woke up in our hotel rooms at the venue and then we had like a day to kind of like get over... Travel to mine. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And then that night we stayed at yours and then the next day is when we left. Yeah. yeah. So we did have like at least 24 hours to kind of like yeah, sober up before we time, had to get on a plane. Yeah, but we didn't sober up, did we? Because my mum just kept... We were all really hungover. We were, I mean, I definitely, I was, I mean, I didn't even drink anything else, but I think I was still drunk for like the whole of the next day. I mean, and I was, oh God, I was I don't really... think I went to bed. Anyway. I, I think I did go to bed because I don't think I slept at all that night of the, of the wedding when I was, let's not talk about this anymore. <laughs> I don't think you probably did go to bed, Alex, because I was staying with you and another friend, but yep. ended up going back to the other venue. Well, yeah, I we had all these, like, we, yeah, we had all, we had all of these like really weird sleeping arrangements. Like, and I was supposed to sleep with you guys, but then I was so it was just, it just all went so crazy that I night. just had that a load of like roller very... cola cocktails till about. Oh, five we, should, we should probably talk about call the midwife. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Anyway. I think given half the chance, Sister Julienne would have gone to Switzerland because yeah. everybody is so enamoured with Christopher. They all love him. 
I know. Sister Julienne Sister Monica Jones like spooning, called him such a very personable young man. Yeah, Sister Monica Joan would be like pinching his butt. You know what I mean? Like she's a real guy. She's giving me real butt pinching energy, you know? Like well, she laugh because he obviously had to stay over. So they were playing parlor games. They kept going to parlor games, which I loved. Oh and my god. Musical giving him loads of yeah, but they were giving him doing him mum and, and giving him loads of drinks and loads of just making sure his every want and need. They, yeah. They, they were all sorted. Nurse Crane went and sorted his bedroom out and said she'd even given him a oh, yeah, yeah. I know. So anyway, <laughs> in the morning afterwards, Trixie and Val are talking. They're freezing, and Val's like, "It's even frozen inside the window. It's even worse. You fly. It's definitely not going to go this morning, kind of thing." Yeah. And so Trixie goes out to the toilet, and then she's like, "Christopher, see me in my hair rollers." Comes back. Well, in. he comes out in a pink night robe. I love his robe. If it I were Trixie, really good on him actually, like I don't know, it was kind of working for me. I liked it. If I were Trixie, I'd slept in the fur coat. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and I just loved how Valerie, like she, like Trixie, like sees him. They both see each other, and he's just like, "Hi!" Like he doesn't care. Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh my god!" And she runs back in the bedroom, and she tells Valerie what happened. And, he, and Valerie's like, "Well, he's a medical professional. I hardly think he's gonna have a problem with seeing your rollers." And she's just like, "Oh." Yeah, she's like, like you didn't think your hair looks like that naturally. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so she the, says. That's what she so says. So the toilet is frozen. Why was Sister Winifred oh. so insistent that he shouldn't look? I, I didn't toilet. think she th- done something in it, hadn't she? No. You think? No. Yes. Wait, what? Yes, I think she'd done something in it and then was like horrified. Didn't want anyone oh. seeing. Can no, I just say how- spoiler for the end of this episode and no one's taking my zero? My zero is going to be Sister Winifred. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that pure stupidity of the toilet moment. But carry but see, on. the thing is, I thought it was something like that, like a classic reason why the toilet wasn't flushing. But then she, when she was banging on it, she was clearly like cracking was... ice. So you think she like yeah. did something on top of ice? Yeah, I didn't, didn't think realize? she. Re- I think I think she didn't realize it was ice. Did something oh on it, God. and then's well, really see, embarrassed. But see, I was more. I just was mortified on her behalf because then she like cracks literally the whole toilet bowl in half. I know. Which I I tell you that would absolutely send me to the moon because then it's like. We're, how are we ever going to get a toilet back? You know what I mean? Like, not as how it already does not have a lot of money. Like, they would have to, like, call somebody to get it fixed. And, like, that's so much money. And, like, how long is it going to take? Like, who's going to come out and do it in this weather? Well, Fred. All Fred of that will kind sort of stuff. it. Fred will sort it. Oh, but yeah. Lots, well, he, he'll, he'll jimmy up a Kazi, like, quite well or whatever. Well, lots of households have a don't flush in the middle of the night because you'll wait the house policy. Yeah. Really? Is that, the, is that true? Have you never heard of that? No. To be honest, I don't flush in the middle of the wake, night. It's because you don't want to wake my daughter. Oh, I always flush in the middle of the night. Well, that is a lovely... What what a free and expressive household you are. I know. I Yeah, we just... We listen. We Well, the thing is, I mean... I never thought I, about that. Oh, well, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I'm sure people don't. I'm sure I'm not the norm or anything like that, but yeah. I'm still surprised that there's only one toilet indoors for the amount of people that live in an artist's it's house. It's shocking. It's well, if shocking. you remember, though, they got rid of that room that had full, was full of urinals. They would have had toilets in there as well, wouldn't they? Yeah. The thing yeah, is, though... Still, it's a lot is... for to be sharing one toilet. But also, they what? put loads of people in one room when there's loads of other extra rooms they suddenly find. So, do you know what I mean? I feel like I that's the storyline. the story, yeah. Yeah. But they've got to have other, they've got to have another toilet in there. Well, I guess they don't, though, because then they all go to the outhouse. I mean, my thing that I thought was absolutely insane was when Valerie was like, can I please go first? I'm absolutely bursting. I was like, Valerie, how did you even make it this far? Like, literally, when I wake up in the morning, the very first, I can't, I can't get dressed before I go to the bathroom. Like, I have to go to the bathroom right away. Like, I'm just like, how did you manage that? Also, like, how did they 
Well, I guess it's not. I guess I was like, how did they let the toilet freeze over in the first place? But I'm just at the same time, I'm like, I guess they had no idea because all of them underestimated those storms. Like, oh, yeah, it was terribly. apparently ridiculous. This big freeze. Yeah, yeah. Also, and speaking on, of a big uh, freeze, Trixie refusing thermals. Yeah, she was like, I'm like navy blue, and she was like, thanks, but I think I've sacrificed enough. Well, you might sacrifice your toes if you carry on like that. Do you know what I mean? I know. I know. I just think there's no. I mean, I love a thermal. I wear a thermal vest. <laughs> not ashamed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and just to say, when you mean vest, you mean like a shirt, not like a vest that's like, you mean it's like a, like a tank top, a long like, we, sleeve. like we, a long yeah. sleeve shirt, basically, yeah. is what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. What's a vest in America? Well, a vest in America is what you guys would call a waistcoat. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Like if, if you, if, like if, if I was Bex, I would have said, oh, I, I, I love a thermal. I wear a thermal long sleeve shirt all the time. I wouldn't have said vest. Not right, that it's, I mean, just, you know, one of those things. Oh, Anything here's my question. Problem? On the, on the storm, when Phyllis has realized that there's no milk, I'm like, here, here's my question to you girls, because we're all, we're all tea drinkers. Would you drink your tea without milk? I do do this sometimes because on a Monday morning, when I get, if I get into work early, there's no milk yet. So I have a cup of tea. I'll have a very weak tea. So I'll make half a cup and then I'll top it up with hot water. Oh, I would have to have it without milk because obviously there's no milk, but I would absolutely moan about it constantly and just be an absolute nightmare to be around until we got milk. (laughs) No, I can, I can drink a weak tea, but see, my mum used to have uh, tea with milk and sugar. Mm -hmm. and then she so my granddad told her she wanted to kind of I think she just wanted to stop taking sugar in her tea so my granddad was like for a week you need to have tea and lemon oh black tea and lemon black tea with a slice of lemon in it so she drank that for a week and then when she went back to her old tea it was far too sweet so she didn't have sugar in it after that now she has black tea and black coffee oh your mum's hard as nails wow wow (laughs) Like yes, truly, that's that's the yeah I know that's the kind of personality that literally is what built both of our countries. Like I am not that kind of personality. I would just be like laying on the ground, just not not doing. You know anything, how like, I am no about productive. my knee. I'm really miserable yeah. constantly. That's how I'd be about no milk. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I just would be like, I'm not having it. Like, I'm not this kind of person, but it's like, it's either going to be the way that I want it or it's nothing. Like, I will I will do something else in terms of the beverage train. I just was sitting there and I was like, if I can't have milk and sugar in my tea, I'm just not having it. I don't want to drink whatever that is that's in there. If it's not the way I want, I just can't I do it. I would totally be uh, Sister Monica Jane hiding <laughs> milk in the out. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. Been there. same. What day were we on? Oh, my God. Like, two weeks or something. Because remember, Phyllis, she comes down and there's like a montage of her like ripping all the days off the calendar yeah. and like literally a week and I a half that. goes by yeah i'm like maybe it lasted longer than everything else seemed to well Poor yeah, reggie is having water on i tell you this is what i would not do i would not have water on cornflakes no neither would i or, again just would not eat cereal if you're it's milk i'd eat it i'd eat it dry rather than have water i would eat it dry i would eat it dry i mean milk is literally 50 percent of the recipe i mean you yeah. cannot substitute it like i there's no way around speaking no. of reggie i loved no. it when he got aftershave oh yeah. old spice and oh my god oh wait you guys quick moment and also angela's like, tea set angela's tea set also can we just like stop and pause because I've been like in my kitchen like a lot with like Christmas cooking and stuff like that and baking whatever Sheila's stand mixer her vintage stand mixer did you see it It what did you look at my message my mum still has that she still has that one it looks identical oh my god Bex I want a photo I want when you sent that message I was like 
oh right that means absolutely nothing to me whereas you two are absolutely losing your mind over this i'm like oh uh, i don't know i want to go around well this is this is a continuation of my insane i want to time travel so i can go to the grocery store you know comment from last week basically but like i want to walk around sheila's kitchen and just like open all the cupboards and like pull out all the appliances because she's she's like the modern housewife of her time you know what i mean like that stand mixer that's the primo stand mixer you know like it's got the it's got the head that goes up it's got the the bowl that like clicks into it and everything the paddle you know oh, i will then... send you a photo jen and please she was do, making scotch pancakes i had scotch pancakes for my breakfast this morning no wait tell tell us what scotch pancakes are so we all know do you know i researched this because i knew this was gonna come up <laughs> look at our crack investigation team so a scotch pancake because then i was like what why is scotch pancake different it's yeah. basically a drop scone do you remember when sister winifred went to me Sister Julienne's ex and the cook was making drop scones and she was ever so disappointed. Yes, I do. Well, it, it's the same as a Scotch pancake. So it's self-raising flour, sugar, butter, egg and milk. So it's basically the same. I think it's very similar to an American style pancake. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's very similar because they're quite oh. small like that as well, aren't they? Yeah. My, but oh. my daughter weirdly had these for breakfast yesterday. My husband got them for her yesterday as a treat because it was her big school play. So we got them in the morning for her as like a big yeah. thing to help but like pre but like pre-made ones that she could heat up and yeah we didn't, make them. we didn't make them chef. <laughs> <laughs> well you know what makes me laugh though now like i mean however many however long ago was we recorded the episode when i heard the word drop scone or drop scone if i'm gonna be honest about how i would say it i thought it was like a like a scone that you didn't like shape and then cut into wedges but that you literally just took two spoons and like scooped and then and then put and then just let it like fall onto the pan and then you baked it the same way i was not thinking of a pancake at all yeah that is so wild. See, for us, pancakes are pancakes. Like, we just have kind of, like, our... I mean, it's it's American style. It's not like it's a universal pancake. It's, like, our way that we eat it. But if you... I mean, yeah, that would just be, like, a pancake for us. Wow! Yeah, and I I did look up the recipe for an American-style pancake, and it was it's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds... Well, that makes a lot more sense, because when you said drop scone, I was like, but she mixed it. It had, like, a batter. It wasn't, like, yeah. firm. Although, girls, I'll just tell you, speaking of pancakes, just a quick diversion here. I found a pancake recipe, because I, I love a pancake, but I do not like pancakes when they're, like, flat and kind of bleh, you know? Actually, I want, I like, a really tall, fluffy, puffy pancake day. Well, see, I don't I don't like British pancakes like how you do on pancake <gasps> day. Like, right. I'm not... Podcast is cancelled. It's cancelled. Get off. Sorry, sorry. I know I've just... Sorry, hang on. Sorry, everyone. Jen, get off the call. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Call the midwife is now recall the midwife is now just me and Bex. <laughs> we had a nice run. I apologize. She's ruined I it, everyone. <laughs> I just want like a really thick pancake that's like really fluffy and like, you know, holds a lot of syrup and butter and like all that kind of stuff like that. And I found this really, really amazing recipe, but the batter is so thick you can't pour it. It's like it's 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 thinner than a scone or a biscuit batter or like mixture, but it's much it's thick it's way 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 thicker than a regular pancake and so basically you do have to like take a spoon like scoop it and then like plop it onto the pan and then it just kind of like melt anyway long story short they're amazing I'll does have it have egg in it it does have an egg in it great well, Alex that. doesn't want an egg then. <laughs> sorry well you can use egg replacer you can use something else no becky does really good one she used buttermilk anyway we're well off the topic here Oh yeah. yeah. Speaking of Sheila, yeah. her, they they didn't say the name of the baby in the last episode. They just said it was a boy. So we actually got the name reveal, which is Teddy. Yeah, baby Teddy though, with his legs hanging bare. Oh, baby Teddy. <laughs> he was. Did you see what she? There was one scene where got she modern was heating the in Christmas their household. Tree. Bex. No, but yeah. there was one. Sheila looked cozy. Everybody else was frozen to the bone. 
Well, so I mean, he was wearing a heating blanket because that baby was on her the whole time. And the one that made me laugh was when he had the knit outfit and his whole body was just like this. It was like literally like a Mr. Potato Head shape because his whole body was just like teeny tiny. And then it just like had this and then he just had this massive like 12 inch wide butt from his diaper. And I just uh, I'm never going to get over these cloth diaper butted babies on this show. It's just it's too cute. It's too cute. It is too fair. And he was sleeping low. I mean, that baby was so... Baby Teddy, oh my god, he's gorgeous. Also, do you guys still eat Brussels sprouts every year for Christmas? Because literally everybody yeah. was making Brussels sprouts. Yeah, that's that's what we're all going to be doing in a week's time. Well, I, I, I won't be because I don't have a traditional Christmas lunch. We have Beef Wellington. But I went on my work's Christmas day and we had a traditional Christmas lunch, but it was nighttime. And we had, yeah, turkey with all the trimmings, which was sprouts. Uh, Br- Brussels sprouts is, is always on Christmas dinner. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it pretty much the only time of year you eat Brussels sprouts or do you eat it like I have lot? them all year round. Oh, okay. No, it's the only time of year we eat them. And how do you how do you prepare your Brussels sprouts? I so times have changed. <laughs> so a lot of people will do them like with bacon lardons. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you'll like par boil them and then fry them off with some bacon and stuff and some okay. butter. Do you know what we yeah. do, Jen? My what? husband buys them microwave packs and pings them in the <laughs> microwave. <laughs> That's sacrilegious. You say that, it's delish. We have it. Do they we have it taste tea. Good? I had them this week for tea. I had them with steak and some potatoes. It was lovely. And they taste nice. They don't taste kind delish. Of like, oh, okay. See, we love cabbage in this household as well. Um... We like cruciferous vegetables. Oh, cruciferous is a very good word. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Between that and the word used at the beginning. Okay, girls, wait. Now we've, I love a diversion, but we have really gone. We, all we've done is divert. Anyway, I so know, I know. Snow, okay. no milkman, Reggie's no hat. Milkman. These are all my. <laughs> yeah. my also, Barbara comes across to an artist's house because the community hall is flooded. So they yes. can't have clinic there. They have clinic at Valerie's aunt's pub. That's probably Why all we need to say. An artist's house. I, d- I don't know. I also, do, yeah. Here are my notes. Barbara's hair grow, grew literally four inches in two weeks. <laughs> Her hair was so much noticeably longer in that. Oh, and then my other thing about the snowstorm was Phyllis takes no. And then I wrote up and then she told that cop, what for? Because this is the first time you meet that horrible cop that's like always intact. It's like Sergeant it's, Wolf. Yeah, it's very much like the boy who pulls the girl's pigtails kind of energy from him for every time we see him. Well, it for seems like that, but then it never develops into... Yeah, but well, he wants, yeah, but spoiler of, alert, he wants it to. Yeah, 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 that's that's what he's going for because as we'll see down the road, that's where he's trying to get also, it to go. Also, on the subject of police, you know last week when I was like, oh, what has a wedding dress salesperson done wrong to Heidi Thomas? The yeah. same goes for police because you've got hapless Peter and yeah. now Sergeant Wolf just basically <laughs> going around being rubbish and just being I awful. Know, and... like horrible. And the thing is, this isn't this week isn't even the worst of it. Like, remember, like I think there's like an episode in a couple of weeks where he's really heartless, and Phyllis has to like basically yell at him, and then he's like, oh, you know, and then he and then he does finally the right thing. But Sister Julianne had a moment though because when Barbara comes across to tell them that the community hall is flooded, Sister Julianne is quite critical of her hat. I'm like, it's freezing cold, and you're gonna ask if that hat is part of the uniform. I know. And I love that hat. I would that is totally something I would wear in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. It probably came from Alex's wardrobe. <laughs> Can we just talk really quickly about the Sergeant Wolf situation again though? So basically the policeman kind of has a bit of a He's spat. a job fit, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has a bit of a spat with Phyllis, who's normally very, very on rules and stuff. So she gets an igloo bill and he's like she gets the pack, 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 she gets the cubs to build an igloo. And he's like, take that down. It's a it's a hazard. And she's like, what? This is ridiculous. And then he says, you should be doing something useful, right? With no witnesses apart from the Cubs, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole situation where everyone in the whole town is really annoyed about having no milk, which I would be exactly the same. They're all up in arms. They're trying to get milk from the from the milk place, and they're saying they can't give the milk into their things they've brought because it's not sanitary. They basically they've got no bottles, and these people are bringing like urns and things like that, or like jugs, and they like we can't do that because they're not sanitized, and everyone's getting all annoyed and everything, and everyone's up in arms. And there's this big public spat between Nurse Crane, Sergeant Wolf says something like, "What are you going to do about it?" or something. She says, "Since you ask, I'm off to do something useful," and then all. All the public laugh loads. They weren't there for the first time that he said <laughs> Why are they finding that so hilarious? <laughs> anyway, so I I'll know. carry on the storyline. Pack, pack, pack. Get a load of milk bottles with Reggie. And I loved it. I loved how inclusive and amazing it was for Reggie as well. And he was really amazing. And they got all the milk bottles and everyone was all really, really loving it. And uh, yeah. basically they got a load of milk out to everyone. And it was just, that was the best part for me. I'm not going to lie. Because I hated the other storylines today. Oh, did you? Can I just make a note I didn't about? Hate them. Auntie... They were just so sad. Yeah, Sorry. Auntie Florrie's pub. Oh, yeah. And she's. Uh, this is the only point I think I'm going to speak on behalf of all of us when I say this is actually the only point we need to make on this storyline. But Auntie Florrie is very. When Val, uh, is it Val that says she's going to go and set up the urine testing? Yeah, state Val. Mm-hmm. And Auntie Florrie is very ooh about cleanliness. She won't be that. She's not that judgmental about what goes on on her kitchen table, is she? Oh, spoiler alert! Yeah, you said exactly, it. Exactly my point. I've got that written down as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if we were going to meet somebody else today either, but we didn't. We just met Auntie Florrie, so no. that's yeah. fine. Should we talk about the Tillersons? Oh, this I hated this storyline so oh, much. It was, it was just, it was just so sad. So, it was Jen, so I don't sad. know if this will mean anything to you, but do you recognize Mabel Tillerson? Yes. But I don't know where from. I was like, I was like, I've seen this lady, but I couldn't place her. I definitely have. Well, she's really famous over here for being on EastEnders. She was Angie in EastEnders, Angie and Deb, which were oh. a very, very famous couple. On Christmas okay. Day, 19 million people tuned in for him to tell her he wanted a divorce. Because, you know, that's what we like in Britain, really cheery storylines. <laughs> She's also in real life married to Brian May from Queen. So I didn't know if that maybe. Oh my God, you're kidding. No. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Good for her. Yeah. So anyway, so we first meet the Tillersons when Mr. Tillerson goes, Percy, goes to Dr. Turner and he has a burn on his leg and he's so lovely and happy and jovial. And you think this is the nicest man and he's so sweet and he cares about his wife and blah, blah, blah. And then when you find, when they find the body, some kids find the body because his body's kind of been hidden in a snowdrift. You think, oh, this is so tragic. Uh Uh-huh. Well, also, Dr. Turner is checking for a pulse. <laughs> the man is under two feet of snow, and he's just like, "Wait, hold on, just gotta make sure here." You know. <laughs> then he found Turner. his leg under the snow. To be fair, and yeah. that was good. Yeah, yeah. But then Sister Julian goes to Mabel's house. They they have. To, she looks in the peephole. Wait, did I jump ahead? Well, should we talk about Doctor Turner bringing oh. Sheila? Oh. oh yeah, you know what? Okay, just just two moments here for, for Doctor Turner and Fred because I love both of these men so much. But I'm sorry, Doctor Turner literally calls Sheila. He rants and raves. He complains the whole time about the woman like, you put in charge. Yeah, she exactly. Then, by the, the way, woman you put in charge. That by the way, he doesn't even remember the name of which rude. Okay, and then she's like, "Oh, Patrick, well, we're gonna have to do something about this." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I know we will, but also like, sorry, like I've literally just complained for 45 minutes to you now on the phone." And he's yeah, like, "He also shouts at." He shouts at her and says, I've got enough to do, Sheila. Reminded me of, put it in the drawer, Sheila. I've got enough to do, <laughs> Sheila. 
Well, do you know what, mate? So she, she's got a potty training baby, 14-year-old running around. She's just had her own baby that's breastfeeding all the time. Yeah, Shut exactly. Up. I know. And then he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Knowing full well she's going to do something about it. Like, she's not just going to sit there and, like, let him just, like, suffer through or whatever. Well, that's that's why he's doing it. It's the classic, oh, I'm going to ring you and moan, but, oh, no, 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 that's fine. I shouldn't have bothered you, but actually, yeah. I know it's like, that well, you should you should have thought about not bothering me, like, 10 minutes ago when you picked up the phone. You know what I mean? And then the other yeah, one... He's done it to bother her. He's done it to bother her. And that's... Well, that's, that's exactly the that point. This scene will frustrate many, many women across yes. the world. Yes. Because it frustrated me because I was exactly. just like, I see that pattern. It's well, it's like, yeah. it's like, why are you calling me? What am I supposed to do about this? Like, do you want me to solve it? Is that, it's like, no, I don't want you to solve it. Then the other one was when Fred was mansplaining to Violet about why there was no milk. He's like, well, listen, Vi, our milk comes from the country and then they go all bring it into the thingy dudes and blah, blah. And I was just like, Fred, you don't think Violet knows how milk works, okay? You don't have to tell her. It was so, fr- I, I love Fred, but it was so annoying. So we should probably say that Sheila prompted by Dr. Turner's call comes back to work. Yes. Sister Julianne has also stepped into the breach. I do have to ask, why was Sheila getting dressed in the lounge? Because <laughs> they haven't got a set for their bedroom. That's exactly but they do, why. Because she gave birth in it the other week. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I don't oh. know. Maybe she's just like, maybe you- she's an exhibitionist and wants to give her neighbours a good show. I'll tell you what, though. When we were watching that, my mom like was literally was literally laughing and she was like, there's nothing more relatable. And she's like, I've been there, girl. Like, it was a very. <laughs> <laughs> you know like i know how you feel you know just on funny. this last thing on this storyline do you know what else really annoyed me when dr turner ta- said to sheila you're doing too much sheila well what you're ringing her guilting her into coming back into work because the person she hired that you can't remember the name of hasn't turned up like yeah and then she's like if i don't do too much nothing not enough gets done I did like seeing him try and sew. Yeah, I was like, good on him. Well, no, not good on him because he, sh- he should have done the first place. Yeah. yeah, but you know, but you know what? Also, like, throwback Al to your comment, like, way, way, way long ago when you were when you made the thing about Sheila sews to show she loves, and yeah. it's another scene where she's sewing because out of love. Yeah. So with every stitch goes a bit of her heart or something ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Sister Julianne steps in. She gets her A to Z out and she finds Mabel Tillerson so that mm-hmm. she can break the news. She, her neighbours don't even know she lives there because they've never seen who lives there because Percy keeps her under lock and key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she, gets, looks, she gets them to break in, doesn't she? Because she, yeah, thinks, because she yeah. looks through the keyhole. keyhole. <laughs> no, it's letterbox. The letterbox. I was like, what do you call that? The letterbox. <laughs> She looks through the letterbox and she sees that she's passed. Is she passed? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. 
out on the sofa she's unconscious yeah. it was she's unconscious on the sofa yeah she's and we're all thinking like oh no this woman is gonna be so bereaved and like she's passed out and it's so terrible blah blah, blah. well come to find no. out i loved it when she just turned the photo upside down yeah she was like i'm glad i'm glad yeah i'm glad he didn't know how to say she kept saying i'm I'm glad she left and i'm glad he didn't have a say about how he met his aunt and i'm glad he was like all right mate well but the thing is it was so painful because sister julian kind of starts she realizes okay this woman is not upset that her husband hasn't coming home she's not only not upset he hasn't coming home she's really actually happy that he's died finally and then you hear about the son who basically decided to run away to the war as a way to escape his horrible family so she, he yeah, was a boy Edwin. soldier yeah in world war one world war two he was in a japanese internment camp and the mother was like oh that'll be okay because he's already suffered so much he knows how to take abuse yeah, and I was survive glad. it I was glad. well yeah exactly but then tragedy he di- the son dies of cholera in that in that concentration or in that prisoner of war camp okay that's bad enough well then it's like okay that's horrific. Well, come to find out there's a, there's another child, a daughter. Anthea. And who? Anthea. Anthea, Anthea yes, Please. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I forgot her name. I apologize. But then she, he was, she, and Sister Julian is like, oh, she's so beautiful. And she's like, I know that was the problem because my horrible, disgusting husband did horrible things to this young woman, which I don't even want to say what he did, but just his own daughter. Yeah, just imagine. We're hearing this on Christmas Day. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, this is because all the Christmas Day episodes are aired on Christmas Day in the UK. We also, by the way, Jen, it's aired on Christmas Day in the US this year as well. (gasps) Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, but it's just so dark for Christmas Day, finding out about this incest storyline. Yeah, and not and then, just that. Well, do you know what annoyed me? So, so Mabel Tillerson tells Julianne she's very real oversharing. She tells her all this within like the first five minutes. Of yeah, the but she's a, she's. I think you she would open up to her because she's a nun. Well, also now he's died. There's no consequences, is there? Well, yeah, it's the first time she can really talk to somebody in probably like fifty years or whatever. Yeah, but she still lied. She said that Angela ran away, and I was glad. Right? So is she's called, called Anthea. Anthea, yeah. You said it's just called her Angela. Well, I think I think maybe she's uh, the thing is, I think the ran away story is basically like glossing over of the of the actual truth, which then they do get to the heart of, which is basically that Anthea suffered terrible sexual abuse at the hands of her father for like a good portion of her childhood, resulting in a incestuous pregnancy at 15. Oh. And then when they realize that that happened, the mother goes home somehow. So then the father finds out what's happened. He kicks the daughter out before he kicks her out. Mabel puts 10 pound 10 bob note into her coat pocket and then Anthea comes running back like no let me back in which is so painful as well to think about the complexities of that family dynamic there but she ultimately does leave with that money and then as the records show and the way they te- the way they told it was like really heartbreaking because Sheila was basically using medical records to give the exposition for what happened yeah. in his family because then Mabel suffers a really horrific beating right after you know that news is discovered which you know but she's the only one at that point that can be the you know the the one to get the abuse because there's nobody else in the household so then she suffers with Percival for the next god knows how many years and then Sister Julianne sorry now I'm just telling the whole thing but anyway Sister Julianne and then finds Anthea and it turns out that she is like a married mother of three with a fourth one on the way but she's also fostered like 30 children in her life well yeah and she's, she's saying pre- she never wanted to cl- close the door in anyone's face she always wanted to keep open doors open that's why she did it and she's never and- raised a hand to any child she's only ever raised her voice 
Yeah. Which and was I another think huge when she <sighs> says that nobody opened the door to her, I don't think Mabel would have had a choice. She her mother wouldn't have been able to let her back in because she would have mm. been under Percy's control. I'm not saying she did. I'm not saying she was well, she kept saying she was glad about stuff. I'm not saying, but I just thought it was a bit strange how she like did lie to sister. Julianne because she said oh did my mother tell you I'd run away and she was like yeah mm. she was like well I didn't run away I was kicked out and I'm like oh why did she lie when she actually maybe it's to make herself feel a bit better or look a bit better in that story I don't know I think I think it but is, also honestly. do you think do you think sometimes people tell themselves yeah stories yes a story and then it almost becomes yeah yeah and when sister Ju- she does kind of say to sister julianne that she put the 10 bob note in her pocket i, mm-hmm. I that bit where i just thought that bit was heartbreaking because that was her escape route that 10 bob note yeah but she didn't use and it's, it but she get i think she, yeah, she gave, gave it to her, her that's what i'm saying yeah. for her daughter yeah no that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah she's like i gave her i gave her the option that i was never brave enough to take exactly. myself yeah. Which was which was so deeply sad. I mean, the line, I mean, just the whole way that they told the story was, I mean, it was, yeah, heartbreaking and really painfully sad, but like at the same time, like beautifully done because the scene where Sister Julian goes to Anthea's house after she's learned the real truth of it all and she's, you know, gone with Mabel to the funeral and all of that kind of stuff. She says, you know, would you like to meet her? There's this like dinner we're having for the seniors and a, and a, and a Christmas show and everything. And she says, no, I can't do it. Like it, it's drug up like all these really painful memories. And like, I just, I, she's like, I want to enjoy my last baby. You you know, like I couldn't enjoy my first and she's like I can't see her and she says you know she says the, th- the thing about you know like something about closed doors you know like I, I don't want to close the door on anyone's face and then sister Julian says I know that's that's that I respect your decision because that's how we operate as well and then you realize that you know for sister Julian it's like I have to keep my door open for Mabel because she still deserves like you know care and attention just like anyone else and like you know just because she's gone through this and just because she's made her mistakes in her life and has been you know victimized or anything we can't you know, keep her apart, basically, you know, and it was just, uh, it was just, and then and I, do you guys I thought this what was... happened? Yeah, so Mabel does go to the lunch and she sat ready to watch the pantomime and then Anthea comes and she brings a new baby and she brings a husband and, and her and children. A bunch of her And I just thought that scene was so lovely because the fact that Mabel just had no words when she saw her. I oh, don't know, right. I just, it was so well done. I'm going to just rain on everyone's parade I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I felt like, I don't know if I was in a mood when watching it, but I still don't, didn't like it. I didn't like how Sister Julianne was so meddling. This poor Angela, not Angela, why have I just called her Angela again? Anthea has gone through this horrific, traumatic time. And yes, Mabel's been through a traumatic time as well, but Anthea's had horrific time. She's pregnant again. She's about to have a four. She's like, I don't don't want this. I don't want this. And Julianne just kept visiting her. And I just thought it was so meddling. And I was just like, go away. Just leave her alone. It really annoyed me. And, And Sister Julianne could never do wrong ever to me normally. But I just was, I just did not like it. I just thought, just leave her alone. She's asked you not to, and she still carried on, and it just annoyed me. I don't think, I don't think it was just, it was just a very difficult, it didn't sit right with me, a horrible storyline. And I just, I think I just kept thinking about the fact that it's Christmas Day and I would have been annoyed watching it live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, but, I didn't have the same feeling, but I respect your opinion for yeah, sure. 100%. But I think, it, I mean, ultimately, it, a lot of feelings have been buried by Anthony, and I think, I think Sister Julianne was right because it helped her to process it. I just still don't yeah. know if anything could be. I don't. I don't know. I've never been through a situation like that, and maybe I'm being too harsh on Mabel. But I just think I. Would You've got not... to remember Mabel. Well, here's here's how I look at it, okay? Because I actually thought about this like after I, I was like, sobbing I could my eyes Mabel out. Mabel, if I was Anthea, even if like, I could get that it was he was very coercive, control of and all this, and it wasn't it wasn't like now where women could leave easier and everything like that. I get that, but even then. 
I just thought it was quite rich of Sister Julienne to try and get her to forgive her now, just just because he's died. Like, there's still a hell of a lot that's happened that would be so traumatic for Anthea. And I just think it was quite glib of Sister Julienne. And I never, ever think Sister Julienne is a meddler. And this did annoy me. Well, I'll just, I'll say two things about it. First off, I think, I mean, because you've said this to me about certain storylines that I that I have kind of a similar reaction to. You're like, look, at the end of the day, it's still a Sunday night. It's still a Christmas episode. Like, people do want, you know, reconciliation. They want something, like, uplifting. And, like, if you're going to have a hard storyline, it's, it's, it's a way to... Well, listen, I've had this reaction about other storylines, and you're like, yeah, I know, but remember, I'm joking, like... I'm joking, I'm joking. You know, I'm so... Very, I get very it, wise, but... Jen. <laughs> You are. And I'm using your own logic against you, which I yeah. know is was something you, you love to have happen. But the other thing, too, is like one thing I thought about the storyline after, as again, I was like still sobbing, was that what I appreciated was that a lot of times in a story of abuse, the the abuser, the victimizer has a very significant role and they're kind of a, a centerpiece of it, you know, because it's like, you know, it's it's in many ways like their story, you know, the thing that I feel like they did very thoughtfully in this is that they really kind of dispensed with Percival pretty quickly. And though the aftermath of his actions was omnipresent when you were talking with these two women, it was still about the journey that they had to go on and what they were going to do and how the choices that they were going to make as they stepped forward. And I didn't see, I mean, Sister Julianne kept on going back to Anthea for sure, but at the same time, I didn't see her like pushing and, and I didn't feel it was pushing. I felt, or meddling. I felt that, you know, she was kind of asking to come in and, and discuss and that Anthea was giving her that permission and and even when Anthea objected she was like okay I understand I'm just giving you this option you know yeah I and then see. they let the ladies figure it out themselves and it was about their ability to kind of go forward and you know begin like take a very very first tentative step towards some kind of understanding compassionate reconciliation something like that maybe but I didn't see like oh all of a sudden this history is like forgiven and it's washed away and like everything's fine so that's anyway that's a little bit of context for me but yeah. I think I'm I agree I think she was given Anthea the choice. Mm-hmm. And also Mabel and Anthea were both victims of Percy. Very yeah, much. Definitely. And yeah. I'm not saying Mabel wasn't, but at the same time, I feel like Anthea was more. Oh, absolutely. Well, she was more for sure. But I just but I I just again, I mean, I think I would I would only say that I don't think quantifying and we, abuse and, in terms of like who yeah. suffered more or who's like more to blame or whatever I mean the the thing I would lay at Mabel's feet is that because she was an adult and because she was a parent that's that there what, was something different about I'm, her dynamic yeah, exactly. there I think that's what I think. I think that's why I'm a bit. She should have been more protective as a as a mother, and I know I, I think, get why they've explained think, it well, but I'm still just a bit against it. But I think, I mean, Percy was the one who threw Anthea out. But I think I don't think Mabel would have had the option to let Anthea back into the house. Right. But also, if she had have had that option, that was her. That was Anthea's escape route. And, and look, I mean, yeah, I no, hate no. to hear. I hate to hear this when it's when it's leveled at me when it's something I'm railing about on this show but the thing we always have to remember with Mabel is that like especially I mean not even in 1962 but especially 20 30 40 years earlier she had absolutely like not even no rights like less than no rights like negative yeah. rights you know what I mean she didn't have I mean when we when we had that storyline earlier with the woman who was getting abused and sister Julian was talking to Peter and Jenny Lee about it it was like it was like, she can't do anything. She can't file for divorce. I mean, the, the woman that was married to Lenny, the guy who just got out of prison that was like beating her up and everything, she she had to basically make a case for why he was, I mean, it was it was just, Mabel, Mabel was as helpless as a child in many ways in that situation, just like Anthea was. Because the society that produced that relationship didn't give her agency as, as a full adult, you know? So, I mean, she was an adult, she was a parent, but in her in terms of her ability to fight back against her abuser, she was, she was really, really, 
really I mean I know but I just also, don't I just we're not gonna also, be on this I just I just no. can't I just and it's can't. okay if we don't it's okay if we don't yeah wasn't but also I don't think it's easy now for women to walk away from that situation but also you've got that added layer of complexity that maybe wouldn't even able to open a bank account she wouldn't be able yeah. to she wouldn't be able to have a mortgage without a male countersign. Like she just wouldn't have had the logistics of being able to start a new life. I mean, I'll say this. I think the fact that we're all having such powerful feelings about it and that we that we feel differently about it shows what a complicated issue it is and that yeah. it's really it's it's a really tough one. And I mean the I... fact that the fact they put yeah. this in the show just continually is like so wild to me because well, I know that's what it's about. Day. What a dark, dark, depressing <laughs> story on Christmas Day. But they're never light stories, are they? On a well, remember, remember Mrs. Um, Mrs. Jenkins, Tom and Barbara, just a lovely wedding. <laughs> I know, but Mrs. Jenkins was the story in like the first season, and she was like the workhouse lady, and then it was the girl who gave birth in the in the shed, and and then she like yeah, oh, lovely anyways. light storylines, Jeff. <laughs> and I think you, I understand partly where you come from, Alex, because you're like she didn't stand up for a daughter. Yeah, and that is really painful. But I don't think she's yeah, but in a also I am. To... You know how full of compassion I normally am. And I am. I was the only one who liked Marnie or was like compassionate about it. But I just honestly, there's something about this storyline that just didn't sit well with me. It just didn't. Yeah, that's, I and will that's okay. Say, that truly is okay, obviously. I will say Anthea's husband seemed lovely, though. Oh, Mr. Mr. Sweeting? Yeah. Oh, I know. I love Also, and I'm not making light of this whole storyline, but can we just all say Anthea? Anthea? That's, you said it. You say it. How do you say it? Bex? How do you say Anthea. it? Anthea. Jen, oh, you I, say it how? Anthea? Yeah, Anthea. I just think that's cool. Anyway, that's, is oh. that how they say it in America more? Anthea. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would say Anthea. Yeah, I think I'd have it as like almost two syllables. Hmm. That's probably how I'd say it, yeah. Speaking of weird names, should we go on to Selwyn and Linda? <laughs> yes. Selwyn, I mean. Now, actually, this storyline was, in comparison, a lot more uplifting, even though it had its very dark moments, too, where all of us were sobbing into our pillows, or was that just me? Oh, my word. Well, this, so, Linda, she's really quite an overshare on a first checkup with Val. She's just like, he's not, he's not the father of maybe, I don't really like him, in fact, I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) He's like my neighbour, I don't, I'm not a fan of an oversharer. Oh man, have you guys ever had a thing where you like don't even like somebody, but then at the at the same time you're like kind of then this is not Linda and Selwyn at all. I'm just like now going off on another tangent where you like don't even really like somebody, but you find yourself like weirdly being preoccupied with them, and you're just like, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Like, what did they? What did, what does this mean? What does that mean? And it's just like, why am I bothering? I genuinely don't have any interest here, but like for some reason it just grabs your brain. Well, that's should Linda I do a bit Selwyn and Linda because she's in a relationship with him, even though she doesn't seem to like him at all. Should I do some scene setting for us with Selwyn? Yeah. And- Oh, yes, that's really good, actually. Yes, do that. So they've come to Poplar. They come to the clinic in the pub because Linda hasn't had a midwife's appointment in London. They've moved down from up north. Paul. Selwyn is a roofer and Linda has basically got into a relationship with somebody. She's fallen pregnant. Selwyn, did Selwyn come to fix the roof at her lodgings before she was thrown out? Yeah, let's say that. I've no idea. He, he, the, the whole building was falling down and she was like, he, he was he was part of the crew that came to fix it. And he was basically kind to her. He said he doesn't mind that the baby's not his. He's prepared to take on the responsibility. Selwyn's lovely. Linda was a bit horrible. Oh, I thought you were going to say Linda was a bleep and something. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I wanted to say. Absolutely. Top notch. Selwyn was top top of his name. Selwyn was lovely. Oh, he was amazing. 
they're living in a caravan. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't freeze to death. I know. I know. I've stayed in a caravan. So I used to, I worked for Eurocamp for one summer when I was like 21. And we did the stage where you take everything down. So we were staying in caravans, taking tents down, going around different camp, campsites, like closing it down for the winter. And it was, oh my goodness, it was absolutely freezing in these caravans. And that wasn't in the big freeze in 1962. We had heaters. Yeah. Oh, wait, girls, sorry. This is a very stupid side note, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it right now. Much like Fred's overalls, I now really want Barbara's Fair Isle sweater that she was wearing when she and Tom were talking about the move. Because it looked, and then when they, and then when the, Val brought the baby back, and then Barbara and Tom ran from their house over to like see if everyone's okay, and she was talking to Val about it. I was like, oh, I really want that feral cardigan so bad. Well, I'm gone. Let's get, let's get to that. So anyway, she goes into labor. Yeah. yeah. And in the labor, can I just say she was, she was. I want it out. I want it out. That was me. That was 100 yeah. percent me. <laughs> well, how then Val had you... just gone to check up on her, hasn't she? But then found her in labor. Yes. Well, she a bit early, wasn't she? Yeah. She had a baby boy and that would have been the end of that lovely storyline and everyone would have been happy. But obviously uh-huh. the baby wasn't breathing. It yeah. was making no noise. It was absolutely hard. Again, this is on Christmas Day. We've already had the flaming incest storyline. And now this. I was oh. sobbing my heart out. Oh. oh I did oh. love it. Scene. Well, Val was trying to revive him. It was just horrific. I'm just talking about a lovely scene. I love the scene where <laughs> Trixie came out because Val hadn't come back. Oh, and, and she was just worried. threw yeah. the bike down. Yeah. yeah that yeah. would have been me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but Selwyn said don't cover his face which was oh and I've just, I've just got loads of notes saying here OMG what? a Christmas Day episode well when Selwyn gave him a hot water bottle yeah Selwyn saved that baby really he truly he did yeah Val clearly wasn't doing it I mean not no harm oh, against Val, Val. But... oh it's not her fault no it's not her fault it really isn't I didn't mean it that way but I just was like oh that baby and then when she heard it like cooing or crying or whatever in the bag and then oh my god I just and then Linda, love... then Linda saying that she didn't she didn't see him and and obviously Selwyn hadn't said he was beautiful but she didn't want to she couldn't look and then she was saying she didn't feel like his mum and Trixie was so lovely in that scene saying that she did know really him he was inside of her and knew her heart and then that was really beautiful that was really beautiful I really love that when Tom and Barbara came over Barbara went straight to Val I know yeah, same same they, they were re- they are a dream team with that kind of thing within a disaster I'd want Barbara rather than Tom I just say oh 1000% I'm yeah. sorry Tom is like oh sorry so Trixie was really good in that moment but I think the moment she wasn't good in is when she, so the baby is alive it's well they put it into an incubator and an ambulance brings it back to the caravan I would it not have done what Trixie did I know that actually annoys really, horrific horrific I've written it down oh. right say it say it because honestly okay. I knew you were going to say it she says I know you're grieving but sometimes when a terrible thing happens and we survive it we find something beautiful waiting for us on the other side no. I would have run into no. that caravan he's alive he's, he's alive. alive I know I literally would have been like oh, just like totally uncouth totally this is to me that line was like somebody who has created a narrative device like you know they have this baby da 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 then you know and then and then they're like okay but we need to bridge between them being grief stricken about a dead baby and then them fi- hearing yeah, that the it, it baby like is alive it, it was honestly like a riddle 
sometimes no, like oh I know but that's what I'm saying it's like it's like someone was like how do I get from here to here and they just didn't know and then they thought of this or someone suggests who knows what it came this part came and they were like um is that really right and then it was like well it's time to shoot the scene so here you go here's the script and like I was just like no this is just too weird like it, it just also why wasn't it Val I mean Val delivered the baby Val was one that was with them why didn't she she was there too it wasn't like she didn't travel in the ambulance like she should have gone in and been like Linda Selwyn like you the we most thought the baby was dead but it wasn't like but no instead let's fill the middle like, from Trixie like uh, some it was just it was just weird it was just also, weird. I'm sorry Trixie talks about them surviving it they're only like half an hour into to be fair it's the worst traumatic thing that would ever have happened oh to them, yeah yeah I mean I but I was just like oh you guys you know I mean I just really felt for Linda because I mean she had she you could tell she was so conflicted about every single part of that situation leading up to it and and not to say that she wasn't like looking forward to having the baby but at the same time you were like this is a woman who's deeply well I said it before like conflicted I felt and so then when that happened and the baby wasn't making it then it seemed like she just felt incredibly guilty is what I got and I and then and I mean and then she realized kind of what she had and what she like you know was losing at at the time before she knew that the baby was okay and then I mean, to me, the scene that was actually really nice and I was like so grateful we got there, even though it was really painful to do it, was when they were finally in the hospital and then she turned to Selwyn and she said, I really want to name him after you. And she said, Selwyn's a bit awkward. Do you have a middle name? And he was like, like, yeah. Selwyn. Yeah. But Selwyn was oh my god, Selwyn was truly a hero. Like honestly, one of the best men of the show. I'm just gonna yeah, say it. He was great. Yeah. A plus plus plus. Also, another Love thing him. I liked in this whole thing was when Val said she didn't believe in God to Sister Monica <laughs> Joan, and it just made me absolutely laugh. I was just like, oh, it was awkward. Oh, see, I actually really thought that was a beautiful scene because same, same, but it's just the way she said it to Sister Monica Joan. <laughs> She's like, I don't believe in God, okay? Leave me alone. Yeah. The thing that made me cry, and I was already crying. Oh, who am I kidding? But I, I wrote this line down because this I thought was so beautiful. So, and this I thought was a really, really great scene because, okay, you have somebody who doesn't have a faith life and someone who has a very, very strong faith life, but it's like there's still a way to meet in the middle. And I, yeah. that to me was just what I thought the scene embodied. But the, the line from Sister Monica Joan that I love where she said, the hands of the Almighty are so often to be found at the end of our own arms. Yeah. And I, I will tell you, like, whatever whatever you believe or don't believe is like truly your business and like you know that is absolutely no one else's to say or judge or whatever like that but I just thought that that would that was just such a beautiful way of saying it like whatever Valerie believes like what she does has like power and importance and value and I I just I just thought it was great I just loved it I I wrote it down as well. I, I really loved it. And it was it was a brilliant scene, to be fair. And also, it was the scene where she had the secreted milk as well, which made me laugh. <laughs> All right, girls, is there anything else we need to talk about? Tom and Barbara. Yeah. Tom and Barbara, okay. I just love Barbara. She's just so lovely. The way she was in bed in a, in a hat. And Tom was a bit distasteful. It was quite... It did make me laugh the way he was going on about the fact that the dead body was the warmest thing in the room. And she was like, <laughs> yeah. that was very distasteful. And then she's just so lovely, but he's like, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're starving here. And she's like, we can't even begin to know starvation. Like, she's just so earnest and lovely and in bed with a hat well, and a penguin and a pillow. I want to ask about this because Tom says about how much they're struggling. And I'm not saying that they're not struggling. Do you think Tom pays rent or do you think that house is... He doesn't pay rent. Preacher, preachers don't pay rent. No. So no. he lives there free. So those two are living in a flat house that they don't pay rent for and then I know that with inequality in pay Barbara won't be paid a lot but Tom's got an income 
Barbara's got, got a, a full time. Not a lot. And he's paying, bear, bearing in mind, he's feeding the homeless people every night. Yeah. Yeah, but right. Barbara's <laughs> got a full time wage. Yeah. I yeah. just think they're not paying rent. Shut up, Tom. Well, yeah. to be fair, that's what Barbara kind of says, though. She's like, I've got a penguin here. Shut it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, they're both, Tom probably only gets like a very small stipend, I would imagine, for, yeah. you know, his work because he does get so much of it paid for. Like, that's kind of built yeah. in. But at the same time, like, yeah, they're both fine. Neither one of them is going hungry. I mean, Barbara had that cute hat on she was wearing that feral sweater where do you think that feral sweater came from you know what i mean like somebody had to buy that she bought that you know like she bought her own engagement ring for god's sakes like they're fine he just needs to like chill with that i think he was looking for reasons not to go to bristol and not to like figure out the next step and he just i don't know he was kind of complaining the best the best thing tom did was when he finally decided he was going to stop being a sad sack and do the play <laughs> and then when he went in and he saw the hand within a hand within a hand which to me was like i was getting very like love is love is love is love vibes from that but then he was like it was such a beautiful vision of love and I was like okay Tom I mean it was honestly he was right about that but then finally and then he was like yeah I think we should go to Birmingham yeah Birmingham yeah and Barbara was like yeah great that's what I thought we should do all along so like I can like literally come back to my job anytime and he's like oh okay yeah then I guess we will go and she's like oh, when they well no dirt like really you finally sad. got there I, was it so was the I liked Phyllis's advice to just pester and pester and pester yeah <laughs> That's that's what I do. We just going to tell you that. <laughs> Well, you know what I thought was so sweet? Because we had a listener say this some time ago. We haven't talked about it in a minute. But I really loved how they how the song that they sang in the show, Say Goodbye for the Summer. You know, darling, I did it. Yeah, like that. Sealed with it a Kiss. such a beautiful song. Yeah, Sealed with a Kiss. Do you know who covered that, Jen? Who? Jason Donovan from Neighbours. Anyway. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Um, but it was just the perfect song. Like, about, there's two things, more things we need to talk about. We need to talk about the TV. Oh, <laughs> they got the, they got the TV back. I know. Well, good on him, but I'm glad that Siemens Mission then notified the people who donated in the first place. So whoever's running that Siemens Mission, good on them. Well done. Yeah. The yeah. other thing I want to shout out about is the Christmas Radio Times, a tradition that we still do to this day in this household. We get the pen and we go through it. My daughter does it with us. Love it. Yeah. What is it? Is it a crossword puzzle? Do it. No, what it's the it? TV listings, TV and radio listings uh, in a magazine. What does that mean? Oh, just special for Christmas Day. Yeah, well, no, just for the whole few. So it's days. an old-fashioned TV weekly magazine. Oh, okay. Which we only ever buy it at Christmas. Now you guys you love get... an old-fashioned Christmas or anything tradition. Yeah. Well, now you just get the guide on the TV, but it's not the same because you can't plan out your days as well. No, we get gold pens and black pens and silver pens. Awesome. They're really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we do Heroes and Zeros, ladies? Yes, let's do it. We already know who your zero is going to be, Al. Well, shall I go first then? Yeah, you go first. My zero is Sister Gwyneth with the toilet. What an absolute moron banging it porcelain <laughs> and then basically breaking the whole toilet, <sighs> the rest of the house. like And frozen porcelain, which is even more brittle. Oh, by the way, on, by the way. honestly, I was just shouting at the telly, you moron. <laughs> I wasn't, but in my head I was. Yeah. And my hero is going to be, do you know, I've not actually thought about this. How bad's that? I've just been there having a go at you and this and not think about it. <laughs> my hero is going, it's definitely not Julianne. It's going to be Barbara because she was amazing in a crisis. And I just think mm -hmm. she's absolutely fantastic. And she went straight to Val for moral and emotional support. And mm. she's just so good at knowing exactly what to say. She was really good with Tom. She was really lovely with everyone else. I just think she's absolutely fantastic and she'll be really sorely missed and I love her. Yeah. Do you want to go, Jen, or should I? I'll go. I'll go. So my zero is going to be 
Dr. Turner. Come on, can you just give your wife a break? You love her so much, but like at the same time, you're just sometimes like a really, he just is so oblivious and he's very like, like oh here's the other one that really annoyed me when he was when in that scene where he was like Sheila you don't have to make us pancakes you can just make us toast and jam like <laughs> uh, like instead of making a hard breakfast just make us a slightly easier breakfast it's like you're doing face. too much Sheila yeah like why don't you get up and put something in the toaster for once in your life you know what I mean like you have a medical put degree it but in you the toaster it. Sheila <laughs> you have a medical degree but you literally can't figure out how to depress a button on a simple machine so that you can eat a breakfast like oh my god like I love Dr. Turner but gee whiz and like by the way honorable mention zero for my normal like absolute fave Fred who literally mansplained to Violet like I said earlier like just come on my dude but I did love Fred's makeup at the end when he was in the show so he kind of redeemed himself there all right hero Selwyn was my hero I just he's just the sweetest man like he saw this lonely sad lady and he smiled at her and was just so kind and then like a love grew from that and then he wanted to like take on her baby that wasn't even his baby which is I mean it's just it's just a level of generosity and everything and then just like his just like small and simple acts of kindness like just giving that little baby the water bottle you know what I mean like telling it not to you know like telling Valerie like don't cover his face like just you know like putting his hand over over her hand and the baby's hand when they were in the hospital I just everything he Gorgeous. did was just so flippin so beautiful and like so sweet and if there were we could if there if only there were more Selwyns in this world amen zero. my zero is going to be Percival that's oh a good, that's a good one yeah that's a <laughs> very good one reasons. I think I've wasted my zero but carry on <laughs> well, yeah I can't believe I blasted Dr. Turner for not making toast when that man was on the screen sorry <laughs> I blasted Winifred about a toilet carry on <laughs> I don't think I need to say more and then my hero, even though we know nothing about him, he just seemed lovely in the five second scene that we saw him in is Anthea's husband. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Sweeting. Yeah. Literally so, named for who he is. Also, yeah. shout out to Anthea for how far she's turned her life around. And I know. Yeah, and be, yeah. and no matter what her personal history was, being a foster mother to over 30 children, Amazing. that is that is truly heaven sent right there. So, yeah. yeah. Good choice, Bex. Now, next week, are we doing the recap? Yes. Next week, we're doing recaps. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be mine. I've, I have lots of quotes saved, so I just have to go through and pick out which ones are going to be in Amazing. the... Then the week yeah. after that, we are going to do the listeners special. Yeah. So if you've it's got PB any questions... and J time. Yeah, any questions you want to say, anything you want to just tell us, say to us, any ideas you've got for us, anything at all, please be in contact. We have got the email, which is recallthemidwife at gmail.com. We've got our Instagram, Facebook, Threads, X, which was Twitter. Just get in contact with us anyway. Ask us a load of stuff. But we are trying peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and fluff and utter. My six-year-old oh, yeah. daughter is joining us for it because she is absolutely determined. She's bursting with excitement about it. Yeah. Bex has been told she can have... Can have been, it's been confirmed toast. to me I have toasted bread. I'm yeah. not going to do it, though. I'm going to do it properly traditional because I'm not a shirker like you. So <laughs> I just think I'll be very, cl- very cloying. Yeah, I do. But that's the point. We need to try it, don't we? Maybe you should try two. I'll do both. I'm going to yeah. get a Warburton's Toasty Loaf. Yeah. There you go. That's the way to do it. That's yeah. the way to do it. So, yeah. yes, please listen next week. And we hope you enjoyed it and subscribe and like and don't leave us awful things. Just leave us But also, by the way, we should say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, because this episode is going to air on Christmas Eve, isn't that right? Yes, it is. So Merry, Merry Christmas, everyone. And if you're listening to this in June, a bit weird. But if you're listening to this when it actually comes out, Merry Christmas. Or if you're listening to it in a Christmas of years 
in the future that hasn't even happened yet, but it just happens to coincide with a Christmas listing time, then that's wonderful as and well. And we really hope your Christmas is a lot happier than the Percival's and Selwyn and Linda's. So theirs actually did turn out lovely and happy in the end. Though, yeah, but Selwyn and Linda's. We, we hope that our <laughs> listeners have a Barbara and Tom or a Nuns of an Anonymous House or a Dr. Turner and Sheila type of a Christmas. But a lot warmer. And I, I do have to say Christmas is quite overrated at times. So shout out to anyone who's not loving it. Well, yeah, if the holidays aren't good for well, you, then that's... Hang on, then we are will be loving it, Bex, because they're listening to us. So <laughs> Yeah, they are. <laughs> Hello, what better way to spend your time? Exactly. On that note, thank you so much for listening and we shall see you next week. See you you next time. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.